Hey friends, welcome to Let's Not. I'm Sam. And I'm Michelle. And we're back with a new episode. (laughs) (laughs) I have not been sleeping great this week and I'm so upset. Oh, why? I don't know. I was telling my friends, so like, I don't know what kind of pillow sleeper you are, but the pillows Mm -hmm. we have are literally like thin, crunchy period pads. Like they're disgusting. Oh, oh, <laughs> that sounds horrible. Because Joe, like he squeezes all of them with his big fat head and they're like <laughs> literally like, like just the flattest thing ever. Oh, so I you got to get new pillows. Yeah, I think we're going to get some this <laughs> weekend. <laughs> And plus Raven, like you guys think she's fucking cute and all, and she is, but I've been keeping a big secret from all of you guys. Are you Michelle knows this. Should I tell a secret? Or are they going to Oh my judge God. Her? No, say it. <laughs> Sometimes. So as Raven's gotten up there in her older age, she will, you know, it started out like every once in a while, but now it's like practically all the time. She will let her little turds out of her butthole. So she sleeps with me and I have now, my body is like on full alert because I don't want to sleep in a turd. So she'll jump off the bed and I just wake up just, I'm like, there must be a turd because she got off the bed. And so every hour Mm -hmm. when she gets off, I'm like freaking out. Sometimes there's a turd there. Sometimes there's not, (laughs) but I'm just like, I cannot get a good night's rest anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. Can she, I know you probably prefer her to be on the bed with you snuggling, but like, can you, she just sleep on a dog bed next to the bed or girl, we have two dog beds. Sometimes Uh I stack them. So it's like a little double bed for her, but she, no matter how many times I get her off, she will just keep coming up. Okay. It's easier when on the weekends, when Joe's not working at night, She'll mm-hmm. sleep because she knows like, well, there's no room for me really. Although there probably could be room, but <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. And my friend was like, well, put a diaper on her. And I'm like, I think that would just make it worse. Like then I'll have to give her a bath every day if she does it. But oh. well, I mean, they're pretty like solid turds. It sounds like, so maybe yeah, it wouldn't they're... like smush everywhere. I don't know if she wears it though. I feel like what if she gets up and she doesn't know? I feel like you just have to keep it like kind of loose on her. So it just like, yeah. (laughs) So it just like catches at the bottom of the little puppy diaper. I feel like you can (laughs) tell that we are not mothers. It's like, how do you put a diaper on? (laughs) What is a diaper? (laughs) If you keep it loose, does it not smush? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. So yeah, I've just not been sleeping great. Oh my God. Well, that sucks. But you look like you've been sleeping. I feel like I'm on your sleep schedule. Have oh, you been are, like sleep? late? I feel like I have. I well rested. Yeah, I think it's because I've been like really busy this week. So I've been mm-hmm. like actually going to bed early so I can oh, wake, I love wake up that. earlier and get yeah. So I've been getting like a lot done and I've been really multi. I think last <gasps> week's episode, I was just like, I can do this shit. And so like I've really been multitasking to my full potential this week. Wow. Okay. So is it like, we're feeling good about this or are we going to burn and crash? I don't think we're going to burn and crash. Okay. (laughs) I feel like I didn't say that with confidence, but (laughs) (laughs) um, no, it's just because I think, 
I've been doing the thing where I don't, I'm not trying to check in on my phone for no fucking yeah. reason. Cause nothing's fucking popping off on there. So I don't need to. And it's like, instead of, you know, yesterday I had to make a bunch of frosting cause I'm making some cakes for this weekend. And like in between the frosting whipping, I would go downstairs and put a load of laundry in, come back up, you know, yeah, like uh, bowl up the frosting, get the next one going, like, and just like not stopping. Cause I feel like, oh, I love that. Yeah. I feel like I was in a rut before. I was just like, oh, well, I'll just sit on my phone for a second. And then it's like an hour later and it's like, what? That was such a waste or like on my computer, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been feeling like, productive in a good way because I have a bunch of stuff to do which I love that's exciting yeah 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 I kind of feel like I'm now in the other (laughs) position because (laughs) I need to do like a deep cleaning on the apartment I've been slacking Mm -hmm. on that there's literally little twisters and tornadoes of raven hair around Mm. every corner that when I walk by it like just this whole glob of hair comes in the air (sighs) I have about three piles of laundry that have just been sitting there that mm-hmm. I just need to fold. Yep. Um, I've been checking my, see, this is why. Okay. So like I wasn't posting on Instagram cause it is addicting. It's like, if mm-hmm. I post on Instagram, then I'm going to know to check or I'm going to do this and get on my phone. But if I don't, I'm like, bitch, don't, you have no need yeah. to be on the phone. <laughs> but now that I've been trying to get back posting, I'm mm-hmm. like on my phone and I'm like, it really it's really hard to juggle. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the Instagram. It is the posting and being like, Oh, it's like, you know, like my notifications are coming in. I know yeah. that people are probably commenting. Oh, I should probably write back. It's annoying. Yeah. It's a lot. And it's like, yeah. what gets me is the videos, the 10 second videos, like they're oh. literally everywhere. It's so yeah. crazy to me. It's like, normally when I watch the short videos it's just like on YouTube because that's Mm -hmm. probably where I'm at the most of my time and so it's just like whenever there's a video that I'm watching and I want to get back to I'll go on my watch history and I have to scroll pages and pages of all these fucking 10 second videos and I'm like what am I doing with my time (laughs) and then you get on Instagram and it's literally 20 videos in one minute that you're watching you get Mm -hmm. on fucking TikTok and I'm like there is just so much like quote my fingers content like yeah yeah. like like what are y'all doing with your life (laughs) like no what am I doing with my life (laughs) I also uh I think what's contributed to me trying to stay off my phone lately too is the fact that my eyes have started hurting and it's specifically one eye so I know I have to go to the eye doctor I feel like it's kind of more of a a stigmatism thing where Mm -hmm. because if I close one eye it's like perfect but then when I close the other it's slightly blurry so the eye that's actually hurting I feel like is working overtime to compensate for the blurry one yeah I don't know if that makes sense or if that's what happens but that's what I'm assuming that Um, makes sense Yeah. And then I noticed that it's like, literally when I'm scrolling, it's like that blur is like when it like unfocuses, like my eyes, I can feel my eyes unfocusing during that, that swipe squirrel. My gosh. Um, so I just, I need to like cut it out. And also I feel like there's a lot reading Reddit, you know, like at night it's so small. Um, so what I just found out and I'm sure I was like sleeping on this, but I found a podcast that is obviously just like a Bravo recap thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
I've been listening to that while I've been doing all this other shit Mm -hmm. and it keeps me off my phone for the most part. And then I don't have to like read Reddit for like this bullshit news that I don't need to fucking know about anyway. But um, the podcast is called Mention It All and it is lovely. I love it. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'll have to look into it. It's good. It's like, um, I just Googled Bravo podcast. Obviously Juicy Scoop was up there and stuff, but I really like this one because they do a recap and obviously like their own opinions. And they do a lot of interviews with like Bravo liberties. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but it keeps me off Reddit and my eyes feel better this week. (laughs) My gosh. Okay. So we're, yeah, we're like in the same boat, but we're not in the same boat because before we started recording, I was telling Michelle, like my hand is in pain mm. and that's also keeping me off of my phone. Cause literally if I just swipe up to unlock my phone, my tendons are already like ripping out of uh. my hand. It's just, yeah. It's like, even when I sleep, it hurts. And I always have Joe squeeze it. Cause I'm like, I just need pressure around it. I think I need to wrap mm-hmm. it with like a bandage or something, but so Michelle has a painful eye. I have a painful hand wrist. It's fucked up. Cause Sam, like, what does this mean for like the younger generations that have only known like phones and tablets and stuff? It's like, this oh, is happening yeah. to us at like in our thirties. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? And I, I could be off of like social media, my gadgets more so, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, I don't think that I'm on it as much as other people either. Yeah. I feel like it's on the low side. Yeah. That's what I think. So that's fucked up. Like people's like wrists and eyes are going to like, just break. It might be Apple where they're wanting Mm -hmm. to do you put in the contacts and that's when you're on your phone and the computer. Oh, it like just scroll. Oh God. And I'm like, there's, I'll never do that. No. I mean, we say that now. There's <laughs> no way. That sounds nauseous to me. Yeah. Like that sounds nauseating. Yeah. It's so it's the world is crazy. And also with talking about that technology. So Joe just got an Oculus and mm-hmm. it is wild. Do you know what an Oculus is, Michelle? I've seen it obviously on Vanderpump Rules and I know of it, but it's just like video games, right? On the like yeah, the virtual but it's reality. Like, yeah, it's yeah, it's a VR gaming system, but it is so crazy. Like we're not even we're not we haven't even dipped our pinky toe in the world of like virtual reality, mm-hmm. but so far he's been playing golf with like his other buddies. So now they're all getting the Oculus and they're all mm-hmm. just like it's so weird because you can talk to each other. You can see each other. Um, they have like, you can do different concerts and they were trying to watch like the Foo Fighters. And then Joe was showing me, you can go like in a theater where it looks like you're in an actual movie theater and you can have watch parties. And so someone was doing the 90 day fiance show and there uh-huh. were just people like in the different seats and their virtual people, they were like eating popcorn Ooh. and you can see people when they're trying it out, they're like moving around and looking around and everything. And like, so there were people in the theater just looking around and some people who are used to it. 
<laughs> like yesterday I was in one of the theaters and I was like, wow, this is really cool looking around. And all of a sudden I look over my right shoulder and there's another person in the VR mm-hmm. game and he's just looking at me and he points at the screen because I was moving around too much for him, I guess. And he's oh. like, oh, you need to watch like you're being annoying. It is so weird. And oh. there was one that we popped in and there was like a bunch of guys in the back hanging out and they were just mm-hmm. being like so vulgar about this movie. And they were talking about like dicks. The lady had red lipstick on and she, they were like, oh, can't wait to get that red lipstick on my dick later. And oh. I'm like, kids beware. <laughs> Joe was in another room and there was some guy who had his avatar. The avatar was holding a picture of what the guy looked like in real life. And the guy was just walking up to people and like putting his picture in people's faces. And Joe's like, get out of here. And you see him like swaying. I'm like, what's happening? And Joe's like some guys like walking up to everyone. I'm like, it is so weird. I don't like that. I I'm like liking this less and less as you continue to talk about it's it. It's so weird. And like, um, and also with like all of the NFT stuff, like, I guess, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's through Facebook or if it's NFT, but one of them. So Snoop Dogg, like they gave him an eye, like a virtual Island of his. Mm-hmm. And now people are buying this virtual area around him. So you can be Snoop Dogg's neighbor. Like they're paying actual money to own these virtual pieces of land around him. This is so, I just, I don't understand what society is anymore. It's so bizarre. I feel like I would also get so fucking confused between like life and like, I already get confused between my dreams and like real life because my dreams are very mundane like Mm day-to-day shit and sometimes I'll be like did I respond to that email in like a fucking dream like (laughs) I don't have a receipt in my like gmail or whatever yeah so I can't even imagine also having like this weird second reality to live in yeah they also have like some of the basic stuff is like they have a job simulator where you like bag groceries and shit and I'm like see that's how they're trying to get us why they want to make they want to make sure we all know how to work so when the world ends (laughs) oh my god Uh, yeah it's wild I don't like that (laughs) I don't like it I'm sure I'll buy one tomorrow but I don't like it (laughs) I know I was like I'm gonna have I was like we're gonna have to take this over to Michelle and Jake so they can see it Ooh, it creeps me out it's so bizarre and they have like uh joe was saying there was one where i don't know what game it was or whatever but he said he went somewhere where these people were by like a campfire and they were talking about like ghost stories and you can just sit there and like listen to them oh that's nice yeah he was like you would like that i'm like that sounds fun but we're ex- we wanted it because originally we wanted to play the blair witch project game um mm. so we haven't gotten that yet but it's wild you could okay. sit like in a dry a drive-in where you're like in these cars and you can see the movie screen like it's so crazy oh god it just makes me nervous because I feel like we are just secluding more and more. And it's like, sometimes I do enjoy that. But at other times I'm like, there's not going to be like community in the real world anymore. Yeah. Like in I mean, physical. 
senses. I I agree with that, but I'm also like, it is nice for people who maybe can't leave their house, mm. who it's like a struggle for them, or yeah. for some reason they're unable to like go out on their own or whatever. But they even had like bar, like nightclubs that you can get into, and like people were just waiting in line and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's so weird. Like, I think that'd be kind of fun because you can just drink from home if you wanted to and just like see what people are doing. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. But Joe, like, (laughs) they also have uh, virtual reality porn. Can you like have sex in there? They, I don't know. Like, we haven't looked at it yet. I'm sure we'll probably get (laughs) bored and want to see what it's like. I don't know if you can have sex with other people, but I think you can probably, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it would be like you're having, I don't know. It's weird. It's oh, that's so fucking weird. Yeah, but he's been playing golf with his buddies, and you just hear them all laughing. And they just one friend is getting an Oculus like each day. It seems like so. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice because it keeps him busy. So then I can go back to doing my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it. So I love it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! All right. Yeah. Okay. Have you been watching anything fun? Not really. No, no, I kind of, I stopped watching the housewives of orange County. Mm. Although there was a video that I was watching and people were saying that it's gotten better, but I just, I don't know. Based on the podcast that I just started listening to. Also, what I love about this podcast is they, I think they like record it. There's like two or three episodes a week, which I'm just like, oh my God, like it's (laughs) obviously they have their own editors and stuff. I'm like, it's hard. It's hard enough to get one fucking episode a week. But like in parentheses in the title, they'll be like, you know, they'll say it's like Miami and uh, Salt Lake City. And then like a different episode will say like Vanderpump Rules and OC. So you can like skip episodes. Mm -hmm. But the ones that are like combined with things I do want to hear, all they ever talk about is how OC is not. It was bad last season and there's supposed to be like a big revamping this season and it's not really happening. Yeah, and I guess uh, I heard that Heather McDonald, is that her mm-hmm. name? No, Heather um, Dubrow. Dubrow. Um, that her and Terry have their own show. And I'm like, okay, so obviously you just did the housewives to like get back in there and like bring more people to your show. Yeah. But I guess her and Terry have a show. It's called The Seven Year Itch. And I think they make over the couples who are kind of in a, they've been married for seven years or something like that. And Mm -hmm. they're in a rut, not sure if they want to stay married. So Heather and Terry like do, I don't know if people are getting plastic surgery or what the fuck happens, but I don't know. I think, I don't know if it started yet, but I heard that she has a new show. Is that like a normal thing? Is that like a A a seven year itch? Seven year itch? Seven years. I feel like that's nothing. Yeah, seven years doesn't seem like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! I was just like, oh, I didn't hear about that before. <laughs> um, well, that's fun. I started watching Insecure because of last week's episode. Oh, yeah, I which you recommended love it. that I need to watch. So I'm, yeah. I can't wait to get into that. It's so good. I remember when it first came out, I watched that first season and then I just, it just kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, but then when we took the test last week, I was just like, Oh my God, insecure. I forgot about that. It's so good. Um, everybody on that cast is outrageously gorgeous. Mm -hmm. I don't understand how like everybody is a fucking model. Yeah. Um, 
but there's this one man that's in it. He comes in later that I don't think there's anybody on this planet that would not be attracted to him. He's like universally good gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Like he's the type of person that if you came home and were like, oh, there's like a new guy at work. And then your partner saw that person, they would be like, I got a second job. You don't need to work anymore. Like (laughs) I got us. Uh, I love you so much. Don't even talk to that man again. Oh my Um, God. He's so, and it's not even just his looks. It's like his whole character on the show, the way he like looks at Issa. Mm -hmm. It's like the looks and also the way he talks. The confidence. It's everything. Oh my God. I want to look him up, but I want to be surprised when he's introduced on the show and I watch. I want you like, as you watch it, if you do watch it to be like, is it him? Is it Mm -hmm. him? And then when he does come on screen, I think you'll be like, oh, this is. This this is him. Yeah, Yeah, this is it. This is it. You talking Um, about like a guy or a person just being that overall mm -hmm. attractive. Like I immediately thought of Brody Jenner. Do you know what he looks like? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh my God. Like he is literally the most perfect looking. You think so? He, yeah. I feel like he's so underrated. Mm -hmm. I think it's because his personality slash attitude isn't great. I mean, so I, I think it like might detract better. Right. I mean, we only, yeah. we only know what it was like when he was on TV, like being a younger. That's true. And the early boy. 2000s were like trash for personality. Trash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I was just, somehow I got on his Instagram last night and I'm like, Oh, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, cause I was, I, I'm not even going to go Somehow down. I got... <laughs> no, but just every time I see him, I'm like, God damn. Yeah. Oh, I got to look at him now. I'm just remembering him. Like, I feel like 2008 Brody. Oh, hell no, Michelle. Like, yeah? oh my okay. God. All right. All right. Like my mouth is just up. watering right now. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, that is one thing about Insecure. I mean, like everything about the show is good. Like the writing. I love the relationship between Issa and her best friend, Molly. Like Mm -hmm. everything's like really well done. But at the same time, it gets you so like Randy. It's out of control. Oh my God. It's very sexy. And I hate using that word, but it's a very sexy show. Yeah. Wait, you hate using sexy or Randy? I don't like either. I just, I need like, but I don't want to say horny either. I, yeah. I need to find like a good word for it. Yeah. Hmm. Like it, <laughs> it heats you up. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I thought of like shitting yourself when I said that. <laughs> no, <laughs> completely wrong. <laughs> so on this week's episode, guys, we wanted to get into some true crime because we know that you enjoy listening to that and sometimes it's just a lot to go over every week like we just Mm -hmm. I don't know we kind of like giving you a whole a bag of all the mixed things yeah we're like um checks mix yeah we're like the bubble gum machine where you put in the quarter and you don't know what you're gonna get you don't know Mm -hmm. if you're gonna get the speckled white ball that tastes like garbage what that's the best one the white yeah, with the really? speckles. That's my favorite. I like the red or like the blue. I was going to say, what do you like, red, blue, or pink? <laughs> oh, pink's good. 
<laughs> but what I don't like is it literally only lasts like three good chews oh, and yeah. then it's done. It's like, why it's, did I do this? It's just like a sugar flavor hit and then it's like eating an eraser. Yeah. But this episode isn't about bubblegum. No, it's not. Michelle and I, we're each going to go over a case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was actually recommended to us by a listener. They wanted to get our take on this. And it was something that I have definitely seen in the past. It's definitely something that's usually included on like those like buzz lists of like weird crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited. I did more of like, a, because I think it's a more popular case and there's not a lot to it. I do have more of like a back and forth with you of like, what are your thoughts on this? Cause Ooh, it is okay. kind of like one of those. Yeah. I was actually telling Michelle about this, um, a few weeks ago. I don't remember why we were talking about it. Um, but it's just, it's kind of, I don't know. It's as I, as I tried to do more research about it, like I, my mind kept going back and forth and there's just a lot of things online about this. This is about a young black woman named Lauren Smith Fields, who was 23 years old. I first heard about Lauren's case through Kendall Ray. She's a YouTuber who does like true crime and stuff. And she did a video not too long ago about this case. And at the time there just wasn't a lot about it. There wasn't anyone talking about it there. Like the media coverage was not there at all. Mm -hmm. Um, which of course we've talked about, you know, with it usually with it usually being a black woman, like the media just does not cover it as much as it, as much as they do. For example, like with Gabby Petito, like I'm still seeing videos on my YouTube feed. I'm still seeing like updates on it, even Mm -hmm. though it's been closed and whatnot. This case started to gain traction, maybe let's see, we're in March, maybe like January, February. And that was all because Cardi B had tweeted about it. And Lauren's family believes it was because of Cardi that the police started an investigation and they were pressured into it because the family kept begging them. Like there was just Mm -hmm. no support. No, it, they just fucked it all up, honestly. Yeah. This happened back in December. Like I mentioned, there was no coverage. Um, It was not handled well by the cops. And this took place in Bridgeport, Connecticut, which I guess they're known, they're known for their cops and like their, police department not being mm-hmm. great <clears throat> it's um coming from connecticut it is one of the more dangerous cities in connecticut oh, it is yeah oh yeah. really mm-hmm. it's definitely i'm sure that it's actually like a great place and i should have looked that up like mm-hmm. do you think it's like low income right yeah yeah okay i i actually don't even know if there is like a higher income area in bridgeport i think it's like one of those uh cities that used to be like mill production and stuff and all the jobs went away and like there's not much there anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's still very much a city okay all right so lauren smith fields she was born like i mentioned in bridgeport connecticut to her parents Chantel fields and everett smith lauren had three brothers their names were kyle lakeem and tavar 
Lauren attended Stanford High School. She was big into track, big into fitness and health. And then she graduated and went to Norwalk Community College. I kept finding that she was studying two different things that she was either sites would say she was studying to become a physical therapist or studying cosmetology. Like it kept going back and forth. So Lauren was into fitness. Like I said, she was really into nutrition. She had a, she ate a plant-based diet. She was known to be focused, goal oriented. She wanted to finish college. She wanted to become a physical therapist. And her mom, Chantel said that her and Lauren enjoyed going to the nail salon. They liked makeup. Lauren enjoyed getting her nails done She also had a YouTube channel where she would share her beauty tips, makeup ideas, just kind of like your beauty blogger Mm -hmm. influence. She had a few videos on her channel. I actually couldn't find her channel. I don't know if it got taken down or what. Um, And I think she maybe had a couple hundred subscribers. I think she had just started it at the time. Um, Her brother, Tavar, said that Lauren was always smiling and that she always wanted to help out. Lakeem said that she was the best sister he could have ever imagined having. She always made time for family, no matter how busy her schedule was. She was just super, super helpful. And her parents had did an interview on the Real Talk show. And her mom talked about that when Lauren would come over, her mom may be working late and Lauren would try to help out her mom and maybe do laundry, just anything to help her mom's like evening wrap up. So while she was working. Okay. So on December 13th, 2021, last year in the afternoon, Chantel was having trouble reaching her daughter, Lauren. The family said there were talks to have Christmas dinner at Lauren's apartment. And now Lauren didn't have a job, but it seemed like she made income through her YouTube channel. If you look online, you'll find other things that are said about what her job may have been. They were going to have Christmas dinner at Lauren's apartment. And so since it was a few weeks out, they wanted to talk about details, finalize some things. And so Chantel kept calling Lauren and she wouldn't hear from her. She texted her, didn't hear back, which was Mm -hmm. very unusual as Lauren was close to her family. So then Chantel texts Lauren and she goes, are you okay? Because she's so worried right now and she just hasn't even heard anything, not even, sorry, mom, I'm busy. Like, I'll call you when I can. So then after she texts, like, are you okay? Lauren doesn't give any kind of response, which, you know, you're like, this is like the last resort before I have to call 911. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really worried about you. So you better tell me if you're just, tell me if you're alive, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So later that day, they end up going to Lauren's apartment and it's around 9 p.m. Chantel and Lakeem knock on the door and they see a post-it note. And it says, if you are looking for Lauren, call this number. So Chantel ends up calling the number. It's Lauren's landlord. So the landlord answers the phone and she's like, I'll be right down to talk to you. So she goes downstairs and ends up talking to the family. The landlord ends up telling her mom that Lauren died the day before on December 12th during the morning sometime at 6.49 a.m. This was 36 hours after Lauren had passed that now all of a sudden Chantel is finding out that her daughter died. Like, 
Michelle, can you even imagine? No. I mean, the fear that you have just not being able to hear anything back from your daughter. So you go to her house and you're like, mm-hmm. maybe she lost a phone or something. Like maybe she's being yeah. a young adult, just not realizing that it's scary that you're not answering your mom, mm-hmm. but you go to check on your daughter and you see a post note. And then all of a sudden you're getting told that your daughter died by her landlord. It's, it's unbelievable. Like I wouldn't believe it. I I'd wouldn't be like, believe it either. What are you talking about? Like, stop like pranking me right now and open this door. Like, where is she? Yeah. So Chantel, of course, was in complete shock. She was trying to figure out what was happening. She was holding back her tears, just trying to assess the situation. And, you know, you just don't believe it. Mm -hmm. So there wasn't even any kind of caution tape around Lauren's apartment. There was nothing but that post-it note that would have signified that something had happened, that there was a crime there, that someone died there. Yeah. Nothing. It's weird that the landlord didn't have maybe an emergency contact. I feel like usually you have to give your landlord that. I haven't rent like done that in a while. Um, But also it's like, if someone just dies, like, the hospital or the police should contact next of kin. Oh, definitely. And, you know, I was trying to look a little bit more into the landlord because I'm thinking, you know, when I've done, when I've lived in an apartment, I remember I had to put like an emergency number. Yeah. I don't remember if we had to put one for the apartment that we're in now. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, like maybe in some places rules just aren't really in place or they don't think of that. Yeah. You know, they don't think of like the details or anything like that. And so I'm like, if I was the landlord and I was worried, I would have left the note too. Cause I would have been mm-hmm. like, what if like, maybe was, was the landlord aware of how the cops were? Did they get a bad feeling when the cops came to get yeah. Lauren's body? And she was just like, I don't know if it was a male or female. I'm just assuming I'm saying she, but is she like, let me try to do what I can and just yeah. leave a note. So yeah. if her parents do, they know, you know, just to make mm-hmm. sure, I don't know, but I'm like, what would have happened if there wasn't the note on there? Like how many weeks would have gone by? Like no. what would have happened? How would this have ended up? And also if I'm the landlord, I would assume my, I feel like my thought process would be like, the cops are going to contact the family. The family's going to come here to like move out her stuff because I'm assuming that this is also still just being, you know, someone passed away in the night or whatever, no, like naturally, I guess. So maybe the note was just there to be like, oh, like contact me so I can get you into the apartment when you find out about this. I'm sure yeah. I'm assuming the landlord didn't think they were going to be breaking the news. I know. So Lauren's landlord ended up giving Chantel Kevin Cronin's information, who was the detective in the case from Bridgeport Police Department, thinking this call would give Lauren's family answers, but it only made them more confused and angry. Detective Cronin ends up telling Lauren's parents that she was on a Bumble date on December 11th, and I'm not too familiar with Bumble, but I think I think maybe we talked about it before, but Mm -hmm. it's where the girl has to reach out and message Mm -hmm. instead of the guy contacting them. Like the girl has to do the first move if she's interested on the dating website. You can look up who the guy is that she went on the date with, but I'm just going to call him. I don't know. It was kind of scary because no one wanted to say his name because he is not, I mean, spoiler alert, he's not a person person of interest, but your brain will be 
you'll yeah you just wait and see okay, okay. so brandon but you can google and it's right there just in case brandon comes after let's not you know <laughs> <laughs> michelle and i want to keep the roof over our heads i know all right so she she was on a date with brandon who was a 37 year old white male okay he was an engineer, like a design engineer. So had a really good job, made really good money. Mm-hmm. This was what Brandon said. He woke up to find Lauren unresponsive and he ended up calling 911. So Lauren's parents are like, who is this guy? And why isn't mm-hmm. he a person of interest? And the cops literally tell them, well, he's a nice guy. We don't need to worry about him. What? This is the person that last saw Lauren. This is Uh the person that was with Lauren when she died. This was the person that called 911 to say that Lauren was not breathing. But he's a a nice person, so we don't need to worry about him. uh, Will you remind me how old Lauren is? 23. Okay, yeah. A 23-year-old, for the most part, just doesn't drop dead in the middle of the night. Yeah. When they're on the phone, they're like, well, can you please come to Lauren's apartment um, so we can get the investigation going? Like we need to figure out what happened Mm -hmm. here. So detective Cronin told the parents, yeah, I'll come by. He doesn't come by until an hour and fucking 30 minutes later. And they're wondering where he's at. They're like, our fucking daughter's dead. Like, why is anyone here right now? So they call they call, they call. He doesn't answer. They're wondering where he's at. They keep calling and calling until they get an answer. Cronin ends up picking up the call and he tells them stop calling and hangs up on them. (gasps) And this is the same night that everything has happened that they found out their daughter is dead. It's just so crazy because it's not even like they were called to the hospital or the police where it's like they're getting anything. They're just literally in the wind trying to figure out what the fuck is happening 16 days go by and they're still trying to get help trying to figure out like if there's an investigation going on mm-hmm. if what they need to be doing with lauren's stuff trying to get all the details worked out so eventually they keep calling the police department and then now they're informed that cronin was let go because of how messy he was with this case and they have no idea what that means like they don't know what's been going on on their end of things they just know they haven't heard anything and they're still trying to get something figured out oh my god yeah so two weeks after lauren's death the family goes to the apartment because they're like if you're not gonna do it we're gonna go into the apartment and see Mm -hmm. if we can see what happens that night see if there's anything suspicious doesn't belong there so they go into lauren's apartment and there's no crime tape nothing there it doesn't look like there's any like markers as if they've grabbed Mm -hmm. evidence it looks like no one was ever in there except for lauren and her date so what they find is a used condom they find a loose pill and then also blood on lauren's bed (gasps) yeah on the incident report, it was no it was noted that there was a plate of food that was tipped upside down in the living room. So Lauren's family, they call crime scene investigator to come and mm-hmm. in, inves- investigate. And they had to like literally beg them and beg them and beg them and beg them to come investigate this scene. So finally on December 29th, 
they come, they request DNA swabs from Lauren's family, and they said that they would not be able to move further in this investigation unless they were to get the DNA from Lauren's family. Okay. And so the thing about this was they didn't know why they wanted their DNA. They also Mm -hmm. felt like they were being treated as if they were the criminals, as if they were the suspects, as if they had done something to Lauren. So they were very weary of giving them their DNA. And they're like, why wouldn't you test the DNA in Lauren's apartment? Like the date was literally here the night before, like Mm -hmm. test the bed sheets, test the condom, look at the loose pill. Mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. you know going back to Brandon who was on the date with Lauren he says that they ended up setting their date up for December 11th and they were chatting three days prior according to Brandon Lauren was the one who invited him over to her place he says that they played games that night they ate food and also had tequila Brandon says that they were watching a movie and Lauren's brother had stopped by to drop something off. Now it's not known what he dropped off, Mm -hmm. how long he was there. They say maybe about 10 to 15 minutes. Lauren was outside. She comes back inside. And according to Brandon, she goes to the bathroom and she's in there about 15 minutes. And then she comes out. Brandon says that he doesn't ask her why she was in there longer than you mm-hmm. think you would be in there. Cause he just felt like it wasn't his place to ask or anything like that. So, so is he trying to act like she was doing drugs or something? Is that what he's implying? I, I mean, that's what, I don't know if that's what he's implying, but that's, there's talks of, is that what they're okay. trying to say? So Lauren ends up falling asleep on the couch. Brandon then picks her up <laughs> and takes her into bed. He says that they didn't have sex. He says that he ends up falling asleep next to Lauren in her bed with his clothes on. Um, and it's weird because it's like, well, was that condom Brandon's? Was it a condom with someone else? We don't yeah. know. Yeah. So Brandon wakes up around three o'clock. He ends up going to the bathroom. He says that he can hear Lauren snoring. So he just assumes that she's fine. Goes to the bathroom, heads back to bed. And then around 630, he wakes up. He sees that Lauren's on her right side and she had blood coming out of her nostril. And he noticed that she wasn't breathing. So immediately he calls 911. Detective Carla Ramel ends up going to Lauren's apartment. And Carla says that there was no sign of life. Now, when she showed up, she was on the floor facing up, which matches up with the incident report because the 911 operator did have Brandon remove Lauren off the bed to try to give CPR. Okay. At the time, I don't think the 911 call is available. I don't know if they'll release it or not. So Brandon also talked about in the incident report that Lauren had asked him for $40 earlier in the week to get her nails done. Lauren's parents says that this doesn't match up with the type of person that Lauren is because she like had her own money. Her nails Mm -hmm. were just newly done around that time. They end up finding $1,345 of cash in her drawer. So they're like, well, if she had the cash, like, why would she ask for the $40? Mm -hmm. So obviously we can see why Lauren's family would be very suspicious of Brandon. Mm -hmm. Hello. Mm -hmm. He was there. Last person to see your daughter. How long were they seeing each other? Do you know more or less? That was the first time they met in person, but they had set up the dates three days prior. And so they were chatting online three days before that. 
no I I just gotta poke a hole in his story right there because it's like if this is your first date and she falls asleep on the couch why would you carry her into the bedroom and then lay down next to her with your clothes and stay the night like somebody fell asleep on the couch you'd be like oh well that sucks I'm not getting laid and you would leave I think so I also thought that too but then I was like why okay so I okay so here's my thought too like if mm-hmm. she passed out, like, I don't know if she passed out because she was drunk. Like he carried mm-hmm. her. He says he carries her to the bed. Yeah. So did, was she just like, so zonked out that he's like, let me lay you in bed. Is she going to mm-hmm. be okay? And it's like, if I was going to make sure she was okay, I think I would sleep on the okay. couch or something. Yeah. Not like I'm not on his side, but I'm just like, why didn't he sleep on the couch? Did he sleep in the bed because mm-hmm. just in case something bad happened? Because then with how we hear about these stories, like then something happens to her and he's the last one that was with, you know, there's yeah. just so many ways it's weird. But yeah, I thought that was kind of strange. It's like, I guess I always just think the worst of men. So I don't oh, see yeah. them as like caretakers, you know, like I know us, like if that happened to, you know, somebody I was with, I would do the same thing and I would stay there to make sure they were okay. But I don't see like a first date dude being like, let me just stay with her. Yeah. At this point, they're like not treating Brandon as a person of interest. Like they are not going down that road. Okay. Um, We don't know if he killed her. Obviously he's innocent until proven guilty, but it's just so bizarre why they're not testing his DNA. Why are they Mm -hmm. not asking him more questions? I don't know if they're trying to get like, I think they need to pull phone records and see like what was going on, you know? Okay. So eventually the family hires an attorney named Darnell Crossland. They keep going back and forth of why the police department didn't contact Lauren's family. And they end up telling them it's because they already knew who she was. Like they didn't need anyone to identify the body. They knew who she was based on her passport and like her belongings at the apartment. Okay. But what's the, like, I would love to know what the actual procedure is. Cause you still need to notify somebody. You do. And there's, there's even, they have laws in Connecticut that there is a protocol you're supposed to follow to let someone know that your yeah. family member died like next of kin, you know? So without even doing the investigation, the police department just ruled Lauren's death as accidental. The attorney, of course, is like, well, you need to look at the evidence, check the DNA, Mm -hmm. where we mentioned like the fucking condom in the trash can, Mm -hmm. like, hello, Mm -hmm. people. Especially if he says that they didn't have sex, like, then you would see if he's a liar or not a liar, you know, like, like, let's just rule it out. And maybe not a good guy. Or someone else's condom, like, yeah. Why wouldn't you start there? Brandon's lawyer says that he's been doing what he's been needing to do for the cops and he's still not a person of interest, but Lauren's family was wondering, tell me what you think about this. So they were saying in a TV interview, they're like, if this was your first date with Lauren and you had nothing to do with this, you you even called 911 because something happened to her. Mm-hmm. Why haven't you reached out to us? Like, wouldn't you say, sorry about the passing of your daughter? Like, if you need anything, let me know. And it's like, I get that. But then I also get, if you're not guilty, your lawyer is going to be like, you cannot oh, yeah. contact them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it's a lawyer thing. 
And even if it was before he got a lawyer, he probably didn't, if it's their first date, like how would he even know who to contact, you know? Right. Um, so currently Lauren's family, uh, filed a lawsuit against the city for misconduct for Mm -hmm. a total of $30 million. Oh, two detectives have been suspended, including Cronin for the way that their parent, her parents have been handled and how this case has been handled. Mm -hmm. Um, the family feels like they were treated like the suspects of this case. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to get to the drug report in a second. Okay. So the city had organized a march to the mayor's office and this was held on January 23rd. Lauren would have been 24 years old. It was her birthday. Mm. So the whole time the mayor has been silent, but because of the march, he was forced pretty much to say, you know, like we're investigating, we're going to look into it. Like this is not okay. The medical report was released. It was ruled an accident. They said it was because of acute intoxication due to combined effects of fentanyl. Did I say that right? Fentanyl? Fentanyl. Mm -hmm. Promethazine, hydroxyzine, and alcohol. Okay. Okay. Lauren's family says that Lauren was not into drugs. She wouldn't have done Mm -hmm. that, especially with her healthy lifestyle. Also, fentanyl doesn't care about healthy lifestyles. Like fentanyl will just straight up fucking kill the healthiest person. You know, Michelle, I didn't even know. It's like literally if someone were to not even that you're trying to take fentanyl, like, I don't Mm -hmm. know anything. I just know sometimes it's in like other drugs that people take. Yep. Yep. And it kills you. Like, it's not something mm-hmm. people go out of their way to take, right? Or do no. they? I think it was chemically made to kind of uh, either um, cut like oxys with or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does get cross-contaminated into cocaine. There's even been people that have died from it being on like weed. Weed. Yeah. And so like it's fucked and it takes like so little to kill anybody. And it's like, even if you, I read, even if you touch it, you die sometimes. Yeah. That's so scary. Yeah. Her brother Lakeem came out and said that he didn't drop anything off. Okay. He actually picked up some laundry and he said that if Lauren seemed drunk he would have stayed around to make sure that she was okay now I couldn't find anywhere if he knew that Brandon was inside her apartment like if he knew that she was on a date um Mm -hmm. that's unclear with the lack of coverage you know Cardi kept tweeting at the police department and she was like you guys are wrong for this like how dare you guys are Mm -hmm. mistreating this family and this girl um so of course that's when the mayor came out again talking about like his condolences and how he was going to contact the medical examiner to request assistance in expediting this matter to try to figure out what's going on. He also contacted the internal affairs for investigation and also the DEA will be investigating this whole situation. Narcotics Vice Division of Police Department, they're going to be investigating. So it's like they're calling a lot of the big people now. Yeah, yeah. Um, But because of the whole medical issue, the medical report, Lauren's family is going to do a private one because mm-hmm. they're like, there's something smart. Yeah. Missing, yeah. You know, just to see something happened, even if it yeah. was a drug, Accidental an overdose, drug overdose. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, what do you think about? Cause like some comments were like, you know, people don't want to know that their kids and family do kind of dabble into drugs. What do you think about Brandon? What do you think mm-hmm. about the pill? What do you think about like her brother coming by, supposedly stopping, dropping by her going into yeah. the bathroom? Like, well, I think the pill that was left behind definitely needs to be tested to see if it also has fentanyl and then to see where exactly that pill came from. The biggest issue with this whole case is the fact that I feel like because she was a black woman in Bridgeport, it wasn't mm-hmm. investigated the way it should have been. And that is the issue. Like, yeah, it, most probably it is an accidental overdose and Brandon was just there and it fucking sucks that he was like kind of there during this thing. But the way police handled it is super prejudicial and yeah. has a hundred percent to do with like them just thinking like, uh, like this person lives this lifestyle. So whatever, fuck it. Just real quick. Uh, it's so bizarre because I'm not going to get into all of the details about this, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to like, just zip it up, like shorten it up. Mm-hmm. So it's also weird because Brenda Lee Rawls, who was a 53 year old black woman, she died the same day, two miles from where Lauren's apartment was. There was also no coverage about it. Her family was trying to get a hold of her, no response or anything like that. They end up going to her house. Somehow they were told that she was at a friend's house down the street. They go to the friend's house. She had stayed a night with this guy. And he says, um, he says, no, Brenda died. And I had to call 911, but I have her clothes and her shoes. So I'm like, that is so crazy that it's the same day. Obviously the whole no coverage Mm -hmm. thing, like what the fuck her family was never told about her dying, about them having the body or anything. It's just like, you just think so bizarre. It's so bizarre. And of course, Brenda's family is like, you're just, it's because she's black. Like, do you think you can just like, she's black. So no one cares. No one's going to worry about her body or where she's at and It's so bizarre, but going back with like the overdose and it being around the same neighborhood, it's like, well, did something get added to whatever drug was being taken or something being like circulated? Yeah. That's the thing I don't understand. It's like fentanyl is such a huge issue right now in like the street drug scene that it's like, even if you don't think if you think Brandon's a good guy and you don't want to investigate that avenue of it, like, why aren't you investigating it just to see where the fuck the drugs came from? Because obviously it's laced with fentanyl and it's going to kill more people. Yeah. Like, why is that not something that like deserves attention? You want to get closure for the family too. But if you feel like truly like it was an accidental overdose, we found fentanyl in our system. It's like, they do kind of have to come to terms with that eventually. Cause it's like, yeah, people kids don't tell their parents like, oh yeah, I took an oxy from a coworker because like my back was feeling bad. And like, you know, you don't think it's going to have fentanyl in it and fucking kill you. Mm -hmm. And you know, your parents would be none the wiser. They wouldn't be like, no, there's no way. Like my kid is not a drug addict or whatever, but think like that doesn't even seem like that crazy of a thing, you know, that little example of that. I mean, I agree with that as well. And I, but I also understand that it's like, I can see why Lauren's family would be like, no, that was not her. Like, let's not 
and uh-huh. just throw it away because you think it's an overdose. Like what if, what if this man did have something? What if he of slipped course. or something like who knows? Well, especially the way the whole case came about, I would definitely be questioning fucking everything. Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Like we didn't know there was a man with her. Like you haven't investigated everything. I would be even like more resistant to this, like easy solution of oh it's just fentanyl in her system I would be fighting against that tooth and nail because it's like I don't trust you guys I'm sorry but I don't yeah it's just it's unfortunate and scary that the people who are supposed to do their jobs and Mm -hmm. it's there is there's like a term that police used to use with sex workers and stuff back in the day that I have to look up because they would like actually write it on police reports. Like if you go and look online, you will eventually find some videos and some like articles of where people were saying that Lauren's side business may have been that she was a sugar baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and even some people were commenting like, oh, I my friend's a sugar baby or I'm also a sugar baby. And sometimes I will ask for money to see how much they're willing to spend. Oh, so they yeah. were like, it's not out of, it's not like a shocker. If someone is like, can I have $40 to get my nails done? Even though they might have the money. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's obviously all around unfortunate and just fucked up how her family continues to be treated. Like, yeah. Yep. And it's also a thing. It's like, if that was her lifestyle, fine. But if they're, if they're not saying that there's foul play as to like, oh, maybe one of her sugar daddies did this, then why are you even like digging into that route? It has nothing to do with the actual death, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I also wanted to mention um, the attorney that Lauren's family hired. Mm-hmm. Brenda, Brenda Lee's family also hired him as well. So, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, there is definitely a different name also, but this was also another one where if a sex worker or somebody that kind of lived on, I guess the fringes of society, I don't even know if that's a term that people use anymore. Um, police would classify it as a victimless crime and it could be like a murdered sex worker. And they would say, oh, this is a victimless crime. Wow. When there's legitimately a dead victim in it. Um, so victimless crime. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's, if that's the mindset of the people investigating your crime, like, how are you going to get any kind of justice? They just assume that no one cares about these people. Mm-hmm. If they get into stuff like that, they, they think that they're a bad person. And it's like, it could be like, what if it was one of the cop's daughter and they yeah. just, they didn't talk to the dad who was a cop and it's like you're wanting to get in touch with your daughter you still care and love about her but Mm -hmm. she's just like doing I don't even also it's like not that strange now it's like if you buy weed and you smoke it and it has fentanyl and you die like all of a sudden you're just like an undesirable person and we don't care about you Mm -hmm. I don't yeah it's it's fucked up I just want to apologize. I didn't realize that I changed his name with a similar name to Brenda's. So if that's confusing, (laughs) I used the name Brandon for the guy. And then Brenda is the other. Is actual person. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) no worries. So my story is about the disappearance of Brianna Maitland. 
Um, you had told me about Lauren Smith Fields a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and but it was like I obviously didn't know all the details, and it was more of like uh, this case isn't getting any fucking traction anywhere. Yeah, that's um, all I knew. Then when I was getting yeah. into it, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And so it's like crazy because there's so many similarities between your case and this case, but how it's handled is completely the opposite. Really? Um, yeah. Cause obviously Brianna Maitland is an attractive white girl from Vermont wow. and this case, cause it's like, she's been disappeared since 2004. So, and obviously everyone deserves people looking for them and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But with the numbers, I just looked it up. There's 600,000 people that go missing every year in America. And besides this photo that I'm about to send you of her car and how it was found, there's nothing that crazy or bizarre about this case to have the traction that it does Mm -hmm. besides the fact that she's a white woman. You know what I mean? Wow. A white teen. She was 17. So she is a child. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's this picture that I think has really made this case very like bizarre and almost like urban legendy and stuff like that. Cause the picture is so weird. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to send that to you. Okay. It's like a haunting picture, you know, it's just like, it's so it's unnerving to look at. So if it's the one I'm thinking, cause I remember when mm-hmm. our, one of our listeners had messaged us about yeah. it. Um, I briefly looked at it and it's like yeah. burned into my brain and mm-hmm. it's not even if you were there, you would just, it's nothing, but because of the whole, like, what did you call it? Urban legend? Yeah. It's like, oh, it it has that feeling. Like it just, yeah. It's it's like a picture that when you look at it, you're like, this doesn't make sense. This, you know, and it gives you a bad feeling. And I feel, and what's funny is that this picture was actually taken by people that were just driving by and they stopped to take it because they were like, that's so weird. And the police only actually took one picture at the scene. Cause at first they didn't know it was the scene of a crime. Um, so most of the pictures that you see are online are by people that drove by it. And we're just like, this is, this is weird. And like took pictures of it in 2004 with oh, like, so their... it's not even like they knew anything happened no. here. Oh my not gosh. Yet. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let me tell you what the heck happened. Okay. So on the morning of March 20th, 2004, the Vermont state police received a report of an abandoned car on the property known as old Dutch burn barn in the town of Montgomery, Vermont, a green 1985 Oldsmobile was found at an odd angle backed into the side of the building. The vehicle had collided with the building in such a manner that the rear bumper was stuck on the foundation of the house causing the rear tires to be elevated and then and thus disabling the vehicle. There were no indications that the vehicle had come off the roadway in an uncontrolled manner. Um, the responding trooper did not find anyone with the vehicle or inside the abandoned farmhouse. The doors to the vehicle were unlocked and the keys were missing. He noted several items in the vehicle, including two unopened paychecks from the Black Lantern Inn addressed to Brianna Maitland. And the trooper went back to the, la- the Black lantern in to contact her but it was closed so he had the car towed to the local tow yard so the state troopers mindset was this was like a drunk driver that got into this predicament and then abandoned the car and he would like follow up with it later you know like throughout the day 
Okay. So I kind of, sorry, my brain got overwhelmed. So Mm -hmm. he was just driving by and saw this and, or someone called it in a few people had called it in. Wow. A few people had called it in. So do you think you would have called it in just going by it? Yes. Yes. Because the car is very much like in this barn, like it has crashed into the barn, but it is backwards. So that doesn't really make sense. Like how does a car crash into like a house backwards and especially if you know if it did hit an ice slick it's March in Vermont it's you know we it it snowed here yesterday so yeah it's March in New England it you don't know um but there would obviously be tire marks or something of it like swiveling out of control to hit the barn there's like nothing no damage no damage so pretty much what happened is somebody like not cautiously but backed up into this barn um and because the trunk hit the foundation, it elevated the car and it's a rear drive car. So you wouldn't be able to drive it forward anymore. It like really got stuck there. Oh, okay. Um, so some theories were, some people think that her or her abductor were trying to hide the car in the barn, which that doesn't make sense because then there's just a fucking hole on the side of this barn. Yeah, it's so, like a doorway. Yeah, it's like, it's not like she was backing it into a garage. It's literally the side of a house barn thing with like two windows on either side. There's, you know, you're crashing through this building. Um, so that doesn't make sense to me. And also it's like, you could just hide the car behind the barn and people probably wouldn't see it for weeks, if not months, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Another, you know, obviously she didn't crash into it by accident because of like the lack of tire marks, tire marks and stuff like that. But then also people were saying that maybe her or her abductor was trying to stage the car, which that also it's like, you just don't crash into a building backwards. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense to me. And I think that's why this case gets so much traction is because it just the placement of the car and the crashing into the building is so bizarre. Is the trunk above the car, Michelle? Um, or no, no. So that's okay. a piece. That's the plywood from that window that Got has it. fallen onto the car. That's the car situation. Obviously, when the cop comes, he doesn't see that much of a disturbance. He assumes somebody was drunk driving. They got into this weird predicament and they just abandoned the car. He assumes somebody will be like contacting him, but he is also going through the steps of like finding out who the who's registered to the car and who this Brianna Maitland is. Mm -hmm. Um, But it seems like after he goes to the Lantern Inn where the paychecks are from, it kind of like maybe gets put last on his docket because it's not for another three days until she's reported missing. Hmm. Um. So the reason that this is, is because Brianna was like couch surfing through different friends' houses for a while. And then she was staying more stably at her friend Jillian's house because she had left her parents' farm. Um, The reason for this, based on her parents and her friends and stuff, is not that anything really crazy was happening. It's just that her parents lived on a farm about 20 miles away from all of her friends. All of her friends went to a different high school and she was like super lonely and like depressed there. So she started living with different friends 
near that high school so that she could attend it and like be with all of her friends. Did you ever know anybody like that? Cause I did. That went to a different school. That kind of like stayed with friends because like they didn't want to be like at home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And not for anything like crazy. Like I had a few friends that their parents moved junior year. And because it's like who wants to move to a different high school junior year, they just like stayed behind with like a friend so that they could yeah. finish it out. Yeah. You know, um, so I don't think it's that crazy. But because of this, um, her friend Jillian, who she was like staying with, assumed when she didn't come home that night, um, Jillian was staying away that weekend. And when she came back a few days later, she just thought like, oh, she must be like hanging out with her parents or at her parents house. Like they still had a fine relationship. Um, and then finally, I think that Monday or something, she finally called her mom and was just like, Hey, is like she with you? Cause she hasn't been here all weekend. And that's when they finally reported to the cops. Whoa. Yeah. So between that and even like your case where it's like, there's this delay of like contacting the parents. I just always think it's like, if J- if me and Jake weren't together, because I'm like so bad with my phone and people don't even expect like a, um, a rapid text from me, I'm just like, it would be days before somebody really realized Same that I was here. like gone yep. <laughs> if I didn't have somebody living with me. Yeah. I think if I didn't have somebody living with me, then I would be more proactive of like letting people know like, Hey, I'm alive today, you know? Well, and two, it's like, I feel like say if I messaged you and I'm like, Michelle, are you alive? Like eventually you're going to look at night. Yes. If I saw, I'll text her tomorrow, not right now or something. So I think also if it was something like that, where somebody's texting you and being like, Hey, are you okay? Are you alive? Then you say like, Oh yeah, I'm sorry. I was just like busy. Yeah. But still, I got to be better, obviously. On March 23rd, 2004, uh, her parents finally called the cops. They immediately think that she's probably run away. The cops think that? Of course. Yes. And uh, they think that because obviously she's been couch surfing and stuff like that. And when they go to talk to her friends, her friends say that like, oh, she does talk about like moving to the big city like New York or Montreal and stuff like that. And I'm just like, what teenager doesn't talk about leaving their hometown? Yeah. Are you kidding me? It's like in life. <laughs> exactly. And I get that it's only been like a few days and she does have this history of like being at different people's houses and like, yeah, we need to like get track of like where she is and stuff like that. But this constant assumption that people run away. Yeah. Is just like, no. And also her paychecks are found in the car. Her driver's license is found in the car. ATM. Oh, driver's con- license. Yeah. Her contacts, her glasses and her migraine medication is all still in the car. Okay. So we're getting to now. Yeah. But mind you, this is at the point where they still haven't connected. Brianna is missing to this abandoned car. It's not for a few days after that, that they finally, when, um, the parents keep hassling the cops and being like, I understand that she has like this lifestyle. That's not a normal teenage lifestyle, but she wouldn't run away. We have a great relationship. She would tell somebody yada, yada, yada. There's nothing to run away from. Like if she wanted to move to the city, she would just do it. Cause that was like her personality, but mm-hmm. she wouldn't like hide that. Yeah. Um, and so it's not until a few days later that they're like, okay, well, like what, 
what car does she drive and stuff like that and that's when they connect the fact that this abandoned car a few days later oh my god so it's like march 26th she's been missing since march 20th why what if they had her driver's license why Mm -hmm. wouldn't they just call and be like hey her car's here like why would we go to the job i mean i Mm -hmm. get maybe why you'd go to the job but why wouldn't you just find her number and call and go to the house yeah and it's like, I understand, especially things. if it's in a small town, like, like he could have gone that day, Michelle, to figure it yeah. out and like, and buttoned it up, yes. you know, I understand maybe something more pressing came up and he was just like, oh, I'll deal with that car situation later because it didn't seem like at the scene, there was a struggle or anything like that. Um, and I guess your first assumption would be something more simple, um, But so also the fact it's like they had that car towed away that same day and it was like a crime scene possibly. Wow. Um, And they only took one picture of it. Like they had the energy to get it towed away that same day. Okay. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. So that all happens. Pretty much Brianna Maitland is completely missing on March 20th and nobody to this, to this day has seen or heard from her again. Um, nobody has been found or anything like that. So some of the leads in this case were three weeks before she goes missing, she gets into a fight with a girl named Keely Lacrosse. They're at a party. Brianna is, I guess, flirting too much with Keely's boyfriend. And Keely starts getting very upset. Brianna leaves the party because she doesn't want a confrontation and she doesn't want to like continue to aggravate the problem. And while she's sitting in her own boyfriend's truck, waiting for him to come out and drive them away, Keely comes out. Um, Brianna rolls down the window and Keely just like sucker punches her right in the nose, um, breaks it. She has two black eyes. She gets a concussion from it. Like she like hauled off and fucking hit her. Um, and so her, the girl that she, her best friend that she's staying with Jillian convinces her to go to the hospital, get it treated and also press charges against Keely. Mm-hmm. Keely has been removed as a, a person of interest several times over the year, like back then. And even the um, detective that's working the case now mm-hmm. says that she talked to her recently and she has cleared her yet again. Um, why what clears her like she just had I'm sure she had like an alibi or she just had nothing to do with it anyone can have an alibi (laughs) I just well that's also the detective I was listening to to research this I obviously read some articles I watched an episode of disappeared and then I listened to the murder squad podcast they had an episode on it Mm -hmm. um and they interview the detective that's on the case now oh wow and she was saying like yes I mean, it is possible that like teenage girls killed each other, but at the same time, after all these years, like something would like a a 16 year old girl that murders a 17 year old girl doesn't know how to hide that, that, you know, like there would be something, where would she bring her? What would, how would she get rid of it? How would she not talk about it? You know? Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot more other actual tangible things that discludes her. Um, and obviously this is also a case I definitely want to close. So I don't think they're just going to like remove people from the list if they they don't like really know. Sure. 
Um, another lead that they had were two local drug dealers. So Ramon Ryans and Nathaniel Jackson. They were two black teenagers that had just moved there from New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, the disappeared episode that I watched. Yeah. Uh, the, the, I think he was the original detective or maybe he was the detective on the case a few years back. The detective now is a woman. This man straight up says, oh, they came into town and all the girls were like really attracted to them because I think they were very exotic. Oh my God. And I was just like, oh dude. Oh my God. Like yikes. When was this episode? Like when did it air? It had to be like probably 2012, 2013 ish. Like that time period. Yeah. No, I was just like, wow. Um, anyway, so of course the tips came in of the two only black people that live in town. Mm -hmm. They, they were dealing drugs. Um, friends of Brianna had said that like, she did smoke weed every now and then she did tell her friend Jillian that she had tried cocaine and crack a few times at different parties, but Jillian claims that she was never a habitual user or like buying it regularly, like to just smoke. Um, and so that's how she got connected to these two men. They, of course, go and raid their house and, like, find some drugs and stuff like that. But it never leads to anything. Like, there's literally no evidence that they had they raid anything their to do house. with it. Yeah. Because they got a tip saying that she was being held hostage there. Oh, shit. By these men because she had a debt to them. Um what they bring up in the murder squad is it was probably just like neighbors in the area that like knew they were dealing drugs and just kind of wanted it to get taken care of and like Mm -hmm. used it as a way to get them raided. Um, but they were both arrested. They really didn't have a connection besides the fact that they knew her. They, they They don't think that they had her. Yeah. Um, they did know her. Um, and also a few years later, a woman, she signs an affidavit saying that she knows for a fact that they kidnapped Brianna, um, because she had funded them to get like a bunch of drugs up there, but then she didn't get her cut or something like that. They then killed her a few weeks after they abducted her. They dismembered her on a table saw and then fed her to pigs. And she signed this affidavit saying that this happened. Saying Um, that these teens did that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, of course, it goes nowhere. The the woman that she claims told her this story says she never told her that story. And also come to find out that she tells the story after her son has been arrested for drugs and she says well i know about the brianna case but i won't tell you about it unless he gets a lesser sentence so there we go oh my god but for a while like that's the biggest rumor spreading around this town is that like she's been dismembered and fed to pigs which of course that's like what a fucking story yeah okay and then the last lead which i thought of this on my own before like i even saw it like on the article i was reading uh, was possibly the serial killer Israel Keys. Have you ever heard of Israel Keys? No. Dude, you gotta, you gotta rabbit hole into that one. Israel Keys? Yes. Okay. Israel Keys. He is, I, I think he's like, well, he's passed now. He, he, oh. um, he killed himself, but of course, um, I feel like he was around our age, if not really? a little bit older, like young. And 
he is I feel like if you actually want to be a serial killer and never get caught his Michelle, MO don't tell them don't tell is, anyone that because someone who's a serial killer might I know well I it. think there's like two groups of serial killers it's like the serial killers that like want the fame and like the mm-hmm. name and like all that shit but if you're just somebody that just straight up likes killing people like I feel like Israel Keys this is how you do it so sorry this is how you do it well this is how he did it he never had like an mo he didn't have a certain type of victim he did it all over the country like so how are you ever going to piece that together like one he was in vermont once and he killed like an older couple in their house like i i think he shot them in a different scene he kidnapped a girl and had her for like a long time and like strangled her in Alaska he did this other thing like he was all over and he even told police when they caught him that he had traveled to multiple states and what he would do is he would literally like build a kill toolbox with like all of the things that he would need and he would bury it in different towns and that way and he would like fly to a different state different city get a rental car go to like where his toolboxes were and then like find somebody to kill but then he doesn't have like records of him purchasing that anywhere in the area and like he never had a specific victim or anything like that Mm -hmm. so there are a lot of like open cases that people are now rifling through to see like was Israel Keys in the area and stuff like that so anyway they looked into him but they ruled him out (laughs) They ruled him out. Yeah. Um, but Israel Keys, man, he's fucked. Shit. I'm going to have to look into that. It's bad. I think there's like a few different podcasts that have done him. I think Case File does the best one. It's like a three-parter. How? Okay. I'm like, how did he get caught? But you find out how he got okay. caught. Um, okay. So pretty much all those leads go nowhere. There's nothing. There's nobody suspected at the moment. And mm-hmm. she's still missing what yeah also another weird fact about this case was do you know about the maura murray case remind me she was college-aged age girl that was in it was in new hampshire she was going up to like a cabin for the weekend mm-hmm. she gets into like a little car crash off the side of the road somebody passes by she says i'm like good like i call AAA. they leave Seven minutes later, another car passes by and she's just missing. And she's been missing ever since. I, that does sound familiar, Mm -hmm. but I don't know like all the details. It's definitely one of the more popular like missing cases. Um, And so Maura Murray going missing happened five weeks before Brianna Maitland went missing. And like Vermont and New Hampshire are right next door to each other. Oh, Um, shit. So they also went down that avenue to see if like it was connected, if there was somebody going around. Because what I, a possibility of what I think might have happened, mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw it over to you and you tell okay. me what you think. What if, because also the detective that's on the case now mentioned that this stretch of road that she was on is legitimately pitch black at night, like besides mm-hmm. your headlights, there's no street lights or anything. So what if she was like turning around and she just started to like back up and like hit it too fast or whatever. And like mm-hmm. got stuck on this barn, like trying to turn her car around 
and then was like, fuck, like, because you literally wouldn't be able to move that car. It was no. like a 85 Buick. It's huge. It's fucking heavy and it's all rear wheel drive. So you can't move it. And, you know, she left all of her things in the car and she just went to the side of the road to like flag down the next person because there was no struggle at the scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, and then what if the person that picked her up just took her forever? So she, what a, like she had a, she had a cell phone. Like it was 2004. No, no cell phone. No cell phone. No, she didn't have one. I mean, even the people that took pictures of the car took it on like disposable cameras and like digital cameras, like it, cell phones still weren't like that big of a thing. And even if you had flip- one, you yeah. no. maybe a Nokia brick, but like, even then, like only certain people had it in 2004, you know? Yeah. And also she was working two jobs and it lived with her parents. Like I doubt she was going to spring for like a phone. phone plan. Also yeah. another tidbit is she was highly, highly advanced in jujitsu. Oh, so she, she could fight. Yeah. Yeah. There's no struggle at the scene. So I kind of feel like I, it's the car. That's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, who put it there? How did it get there? I, I could see myself doing that. There's many times where I think I'm like in reverse and I'm in drive and I like hit the gas and I'm like going toward the garage and I'm just like, oh, fuck, you know, like you do get into those little pickles. Mm-hmm. It was around midnight after a long shift at her job. Yeah. I don't. Okay. I don't so remind this was just an empty building. Yeah. It's an abandoned barn. Like who owns it? I think it was like repossessed. That's why it was like boarded up and stuff. So and see, it's just- like when I first looked at the picture, I thought where the car, the back of the car is at, I thought that was like a doorway. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. they backed up the car because they're, they had like a body in there that they were trying to hide for when people drive oh. by. But I mean, it even looks like she could have just reversed on the street and reversed back onto yeah. the grass into the thing. That's what I was thinking. Because I mean, too, there I... is no like, well, in this frame, anyways, you don't see a street light. It doesn't even no. look like this building has a porch light. I mean, it looks like there's some wiring, but if it's repossessed, it's not gonna have no electricity there's no lights. going on. Yeah. There's no lights on the street. And also the barn is pretty close to the road. It's not like far back or anything. No, yeah. Um, and the other thing about hiding the car, it's like, you can see to the left of the photo, there's like a garage entrance. So it's like, you could have just drove the car into the barn without smashing through the, like the idea that somebody was trying to hide the car in the barn and that's how they went about it does not make sense. Yeah. You could have just put it behind, like you had mentioned. Yeah. Behind the barn in the garage area. It's like, you're just trying to drive a car through the side of a house. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. Yeah. But I mean, that sounds, that seems more logical, I would say. And that maybe someone did take her. Mm -hmm. Because also, so another thing is, and I completely agree with this. The detective was saying she's about the same height and weight as Brianna. And she was saying, you know, like she's 17 that means she probably wasn't driving that long. Uh, Oldsmobile Buick is like a fucking cumbersome car. Like yeah. it is not, it's a boat. It's not the easiest thing to navigate. So I can see like a more unexperienced driver, like 
smashing it into something like it's a huge fucking car yeah um and then another thing so the night of when the car was already in the barn around between midnight and 12 between 12 and 12 30 somebody says that they drove by and saw the headlights on Mm-hmm. And then a half an hour later, somebody else drove by and said that they saw the car, but the the blinker light was on, but the headlights were not on. Mm-hmm. And then around four o'clock in the morning, somebody else saw the car. There was no lights going at all, which means, I mean, the car might have died at that point. But yeah, I think it's weird that it went from headlights to blinker between like 12 and one. But I also don't know if any of those people stopped to like make sure nobody was in the car. Nobody needed help. I think they just like drove by. Yeah. Well, it's like, do you think maybe she didn't know where the hazards were on? So she turned off the headlights thinking it would, I don't know, save battery power, but then do the blinker for like a hazard light. That could be it. And maybe or when she was turning or something. I don't know. She had the blinker on. I think the blinker then would have been on the first time. You're right. Yeah. With the headlights. But it also could be a thing where she put the hazards on and maybe the other blinker wasn't working, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or she was, like, fidgeting while the person mm-hmm. drove by, and that's just what they had yeah. seen. Man, so do you think, like, say if you were her and you're like, shit, like, the car's not getting out, whatever, you know, you're, you're going to have to catch a ride with someone. Yeah. Would you take your belongings or would you leave it? Like, I'm like, would I leave it just in case something happened to me that they know that I was last here. I would honestly, I mean, this is take me. it. No, I would leave the stuff, but I would have, if I had a written pen or a something, note. I would have written a note and been like, Hey, I crushed my car here. Yeah. I'm looking for a ride, but also people back now then, we, we think have that, that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Now, cause we're kind of like, we need to leave traces mm-hmm. of wherever we're at because people yeah. are fucked, but. And also this was smaller towns in Vermont. And her mom even said that she used to like pick up hitchhikers. Cause people were like, hitch- like still hitchhiking back wow. in 2004. Um, but also like, so this is where the similarities of the case and like the discrepancies of the investigation, it's like, Brianna did do drugs. Brianna like was living this kind of like couch surfing lifestyle and stuff. And that didn't stop people from really investigating this case. I know at first they thought she might be a runaway, but it was Mm -hmm. only a a few days between runaway. And then like, no, we're investigating this as a missing person. I think obviously, I think we all know that the system is flawed. Mm -hmm. Definitely. She is still missing. The detective in murder squad that's on the case now did say that they did recover some DNA evidence from the car um, so that they can test it going forward. And she's hoping to test it and like do the genealogy like testing. Oh, wow. To see if they can maybe find like a cousin of this person or something like that. And also it's like, I've listened to the murder squad a few times before mm-hmm. um, cause I love it. Uh, well, I don't love the actual podcast, but I love the hosts. Yeah. Uh, Paul holes is one of them. Um, but toward the end of the episode, they were saying, they're like, I don't know if you know this, but we do offer to pay for any kind of DNA testing on these cold cases. So like if you're being held up because you don't have the funding, like we will pay to get like that stuff done for you. Oh and I think gosh. they, I think they do that on like a lot of the cold cases that they like investigate Mm -hmm. um just because that is usually like the holdup is like some of these smaller police departments don't have the funding to test you know wow so hopefully maybe there'll be a break soon you know are her parents are they both still alive 
they are and they still are very very much looking for her like wow. her mom on the disappeared episode was like talking throughout it and she was just like I know that you know she was doing things she just was 17 she wanted her independence obviously we got into like little tiffs and stuff like that at home but she just wanted to go live with friends and like I knew she was just gonna fight me until I let her do that the actual day that she goes missing her and her mom went like shopping so it's not like there was like this disconnected home life or anything like you I feel like you could just tell that she was very much like uh she was just like super, super independent. Yeah. And I feel like she was somebody that's like, well, we could fight about this forever. I could just let you do it. Cause you're going to do it. When she w- got punched by that girl, like mm-hmm. how, what was the, like, maybe you don't need to say the date, but how close was that to when like she, the car was found? Like, was that super close? Like same yeah. week, same. That was three weeks before three weeks. Okay. And of course, when they went down that road to see if she was um part of it or anything of course kids were saying like you know keely was saying like now that she's gone like i don't have to deal with this lawsuit anymore stuff like that and i'm just like ah she might have said that but at the same like that doesn't really mean anything do we know anything about keely's parents no no i think it was just like a girl fight to be honest it's like i don't think it was anything more than that like super malicious it's definitely the picture I think that really just like makes this case um, stand out and seem haunting yeah Yeah. it's a very I'll post it on our podcast but um on Instagram but it is a very haunting image one last thing so the barn that the car was crashed into uh was burned down in 2016 so somebody set it on fire Oh, and not I think- like someone was like whoever owned it was getting rid of it for the no. land. No. Michelle, so. who set it on fire? <laughs> I don't know. They're investigating that too. That person is guilty. We need to look at them. <laughs> I mean, um, that was another note is obviously the police looked into if maybe that was like a local hangout spot for teens to like go do drugs and stuff like that. But it was like, they don't think that it was a place where people hung out. Yeah. But I mean, you know, somebody could have just been squatting there and accidentally burned it, you know? I don't, uh, I can't even look at this picture anymore. I know. Also, okay. So I have another side question. So there was like things near the car that they obviously tested and stuff. There's like a water bottle and like a jacket that they find out like the jacket belongs to a girl, but not connected at all. And I, uh, this, it's not really related to the case, but I just always, always thought, in all of these cases, when like, say they find a body in a park and mm-hmm. then they're just like, we found this body, we don't have any leads, but we found like a candy wrapper, like three feet away. And I always just always wondered, like, how do you know that that's connected to this issue at all? Like there's yeah. trash everywhere when they're like, there were cigarette butts that we, we have the DNA from the cigarette butts near the body. And it's like, if it's out in the open like that, how do you know that that has anything to do with what's, you know? I mean, I think dead it's body. Because, yeah, that makes sense. But I think it's because it's like, well, we have nowhere to start. So mm-hmm. let's just rule this out. And then, yeah, you know, cause it would be, cause what if it did have something to do with it? And yeah. then what if that person that ate the gum was the killer, but yeah. if they're going down the rabbit hole and testing the evidence, then they can mark it off the list if they're not a person yeah. of interest. Yeah. Like it's, I think it's just like, well, what puzzle pieces do we have around us and what can we that's so crazy. Phase out. Yeah. Yeah. Someone's so, just like, how do you know those cigarettes weren't there like three years ago? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's so weird though. Cause like with the Jack, I don't, mm-hmm. that's creepy, like a jacket, but it's like, well, it wouldn't be her jacket. Cause if there's snow on the ground and it's cold, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I, my, my guess is that she was, I think she accidentally got stuck there and then was picked up. Yeah. Could they tell if it looked like she was trying to get out? Like were there tire, like did the tires dig into the dirt where, well, no, because the front tires wouldn't have rolled unless the back tires were touching the ground. Mm -hmm. Wow. If the person was literally not trying to get lodged there, like they really got themselves in a pickle, you know? How, did they do any like mapping out as if she was driving north, south, east, west, oh. and then like reversed around, like what way she would have been heading and stuff like that? They didn't mention anything about that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Maura Murray case. Because it's like, why would she have turned around? Yeah, yeah. I mean, she could have turned around, but it's just like, well, where was she coming? Where yeah. was she going? What was the thought that she was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, I need to turn around or. I'm lost. Yep. Yeah. I don't like, I didn't see anything where it's like, this is where her work was. And this is where she was sleeping. Like what the, the route is. Where did she work at? It was an inn. The black lantern Inn. it was an inn slash restaurant. I think it was just a restaurant. She was a dishwasher there. Okay. So it's not where people stayed where random people would have stayed. I don't believe have been creeping her out. Okay. And people that were working with her say that nothing eventful happened that night. She didn't get any calls. She didn't like make any calls. And at the end of like everybody's shift, they said like, oh, like stay behind and like eat dinner with us. And she said, no, I have to get home because she also had a second job waitressing. And so she had a shift the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you already said that. How, what was the distance between that barn and her job and her home? Do we know? I don't think so, but it couldn't yeah. be more than like 10 ish miles away, you know, wow. 10 to let's say 10 to 20. Right. Cause everything's obviously a little bit more spread out in like yep. Vermont and stuff, but oh my gosh. And also I don't believe that there's really anything around that barn. I think it's just like a stretch of road and there's just like this abandoned barn there. Yep. I mean, do you think she's like dead and just whoever like murdered her just like, mm-hmm. Wow. And it sucks because in the disappeared episode and in a few of the articles I read, it's like, obviously they got like a lot of tips coming in and stuff. And even like people would call her mom directly and like leave like Um, anonymous tips. Oh my God. The mom said that she heard the pig story that people called and said that she was tied up to a tree that she had been like, um, drowned in the lake. The mom had to hear these. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, my eyes are watering and I have goosebumps I all over my body. That is horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's so fucked up. Wow. Do they still live in the same town? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a bizarre one, but it is very closely resembling the Maura Murray case. Yeah. So do they think that what's his name? Israel? Israel Keys. Do they think that may are do people talk about he had something to also do with Mora's case? It's definitely been connected before. I'm not sure if he was like discounted for that, but people definitely have thought about that too. Um, it's crazy. There's like a lot of obviously like armchair detectives. The police, because they caught him and then he committed suicide in jail, pretty much not to talk about it, but they no, because it was so crazy that there's probably a lot of victims. They did release 
like his movements, his like airplane travel and stuff like that. Um, so that people that like to do this kind of like research can like kind of compare yeah. disappearances in their town to like his travels and stuff. Like they did release a lot of his information so that people that obviously maybe have more time and stuff can just look into it. That it's just like, I hope I never obviously get murdered, but it's like mm-hmm. just getting stranded when you're driving by yourself. Like what? And if you didn't have a phone, if your phone's dead yeah. and you're trying to yeah. rely on someone else to help you out. I would never, I think I would just like, Oh God, I don't know what I would do. I think back in that time period, I would, you know, try and flag somebody down in well, the street. Yeah, Cause it's like, what other option do you have? I'm sure she also was walking. Yeah. Like, like I don't think she would have waited bit. in yeah. one place. I think she was yeah. probably walking and then yeah. Trying to hitchhike as well. And it's the middle of March, which it's not warm here Mm -hmm. also there was like a different avenue that people went down where maybe she was like kidnapped and sold into like sex trafficking oh my gosh um yeah because it's like if you truly don't have a body like where are they it's like she was just starting her life like she had just gotten her GED she had two jobs like she wanted to like move to like a bigger city and like really fucking get things going she was Mm -hmm. 17 I'll be looking into that case also yeah Israel Keys like it's like one of those serial killers that no one has heard of but he's like the most fucked up oh my god if I look up a photo of him will I be scared no no he looks fucking average and also the case that he finally got got for Mm -hmm. is 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 messed up that's all I got though all righty guys well let us know if you've heard of these cases let us know what you think I don't even know what to say I know these episodes are heavy man I I don't don't know how to do a let's not I know I don't know how people just have straight up true crime podcasts anymore I love I mean it's like basically what I listen to but yeah it's like here it's like heavy to talk about yeah let's not judge people on their lifestyle Mm -hmm. I think that's like good across the board but especially after they're dead like don't go digging into things that have nothing to do with why they've passed away let's not feel crazy for being too prepared if we need to leave a note like just mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. anything ever happens, just leave notes, leave anything that you yeah. can. And I know you we know. don't think about that, but I feel like people are like, well, Ty, like it's harder to get away with murder now because there's so many things. And it's like, mm, mm-hmm. let's just prevent that. Like just, if yeah, you can <laughs> do as much as you can, like best case scenario is you get back to your car and you throw out that note. Worst case scenario, you go missing and that note becomes very, 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 very helpful. Like if honestly, this is what you do. If you have to hitchhike, if your car breaks down, you don't have a phone, you leave a note, the date, the time that you last think it was, what you're wearing. And if someone picks you mm-hmm. up, just be like, let me get your name, describe them on that note. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you got to take the evidence. Yeah. And if you have your phone, if I, I mean, I hope nobody ever has to hitchhike again. Oh. Like, but if you do have access to your phone, like take a picture of that license plate, send it to a friend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know there or was one least, time Michelle yeah. was like, "What did oh you my text God, yeah. me?" 
I texted you the make and model of a truck yes. and the license plate because it was like creeping me out around my neighborhood. Yeah. You're like, if you don't hear from me, like yeah. send this in. Normalize that behavior. Exactly. <laughs> and if your girlfriend goes for a run and she tells you what she's wearing mm-hmm. and sends you a picture, don't make fun of her, Joe. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is what I'm wearing. So you tell them. <laughs> when you said girlfriend, I thought like friend because I always call like my girlfriends girlfriends. And so I thought you meant like, oh, if you're sending that it to too. me. But All when you said girls. Joe, she's like, oh, your actual <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> your friends too. All the girlies. Yeah. All the friends. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. We love you. We love you. Let us know how you think of these true crime apps if you like them, if you want them. Yeah. And if there's one that also has haunted you, Send it our way. Look into it. We'll give you our thoughts. We love you. Bye. Bye. Let's Not Podcast is part of The Dorkening, which is a network dedicated for podcasters, a group of shows helping each other to grow, share ideas, collaborate, and innovate. You can check out more at thedorkening.com. And thank you to our sponsors, Deadly Grounds Coffee. Deadly Grounds Coffee is fresh roasted here in New England by skilled master roasters in a unique way that allows the true flavor of the bean to come through. It's coffee the way it was meant to be. Fresh, bold, delicious. It's coffee to die for. Check them out at DeadlyGroundsCoffee.com.